I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. That travel took a lot out of us last week. I think we'll fall more into a normal routine now, and that certainly can't hurt. No, it's it's really nice. Like the Ireland trip was a blast. Like it was a really cool experience and stuff. But it's it's really good to be on a normal Monday through Friday schedule. Yeah, it, it's been a long time. It uh, it feels good. It's definitely something we want to get used to. Obviously, the team did a great job of keeping its composure. It was way closer than we wanted to at a couple points. You know, in those moments, you got to have players step up sometimes, and we haven't always gotten that. And Trey stepped up, Garrett stepped up and got made a big play for us. Uh, Tommy stepped up and made a big play for us. Uh, obviously, the running backs did. Thought the O-line blocked really well down the stretch. So we've been in that situation a lot where we've been in a close game that can go either way, and sometimes you just need the guys to do what they've been trained to do. Hello here and welcome again to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Stephen M. Sipple. I'm going to drop the M on you, Sipple. That's fine. Um, and my middle name is Matthew. <laughs> I'm Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Got a fun one on tap here. Nebraska gets their first win in 11 months for North Dakota. Uh, players back on track, back on schedule this week. Um, and Georgia Southern comes to town. Clay Helton, Kyle Van Treese, mm. a coach and a quarterback that hit the transfer portal <laughs> essentially are at Georgia Southern now. <laughs> um, and and we'll, we'll break down that game here as well. But a uh, reminder, if you haven't checked out Husker Line, give our website a visit. Um, we are new on the On3 Sports Network. We've got a great promo running right now. One year for $1 gets you all the great content of Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore, Greg Peterson, Blake uh, Arney. The entire crew, myself, uh, $1. Just log on HuskerOnline.com, uh, get your first year. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, Nebraska gets a win, um, but for about three quarters, it, it was a real <laughs> – it was not comfortable, guys. It yeah, got dicey. You and Rob were not happy in the press box. Well, here's the deal. I sit right between, I sit right between <laughs> Rob and Sean. <laughs> And there was some expletives. Okay, so the, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> like, they're going to lose the North Dakota. They're going to lose this game. And I had, like, my huge dynasty fantasy football draft that, that next Sunday. And I was like, am I going to have to miss why those pro football focus this screens. draft, yes, uh, to go cover a, a coaching firing press conference? And fortunately for my sake, uh, Nebraska was able to get it together. and You were going to get auto-drafted. He, yes, and keep the Wolves at bay for uh, at least the time I, being. The, but the way, I understood, the way I sized it up is you and Sean are Wolves. <laughs> they had to keep you and Sean at bay. <laughs> well, okay. So that was the tenor for pretty much everyone I watching know, that I, game was, uh, you, know, ba- you know, it was, why is this so close? Uh, why are the same things that happened to North- Northwestern when at least you could – you know, come up with reasons, you know, with the travel, with the Big Ten opponent, week zero, all that stuff. Well, here comes an FCS opponent. You are, at some points, 30-point favorites 
and you're in a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Uh, that was you give uh, up 16 play scoring drives. Yeah, I mean that that was uh, red one. flags. That's a lot. all over the place. 16 and play scoring drive to North Dakota. Yeah, yeah well, that's not good. And it, and it took some uh, fairly heroic efforts. Trey Palmer's catch. Um, you know, obviously the running game finally getting clicking there, but um, that thing uh, didn't do much at all to uh, change the the tenor around the program right now. Well, this is where the apologist needs to weigh in. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, there is one element of it that you have to acknowledge, and that is, remember, guys, remember remember what that conversation was going into the season? Oh, man, they go to Ireland. they got to come back and play North Dakota. That might be a little rough. Um, it was a gamble. Yeah, that might be a little tough. Um, wonder what that will look like. Huh. Well, then it looked a little rough. And then everybody's freaking out. Well, now, listen, there's reason to. They didn't subdue North Dakota. There is reason to. I understand, Rob. Um, they didn't really have this game under control until six and, six and a half minutes were left. Mm-hmm. That's when they scored the final touchdown and go up two touchdowns. Um, so, yeah. Well, Anthony Grant, I mean, finally, I mean, it, it feels like they hit on one that you're not expecting. A running back? Yes. Well, a player in general. I mean, there just hasn't been <laughs> any player. Well, on offense, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put this in context. Anthony Grant is the first offensive Husker player to win Big Ten Player of the Week since, since 2018. Ooh. Wait a second. Is that right? You didn't read it. That yeah, was, apparently didn't read it. It was in the release. pretty bold print. But, I mean, I think that stat oh, really God. puts into context kind of the lack of identity Nebraska's offense has had at times the last four years. Oh, God. Um, just with offensive line issues, Adrian issues, misusage of Wandell Robinson. I mean, Wandell Robinson was good enough to be a Big Ten player of the week, but they had to use him in different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, he led the SEC in receiving yards last year. Yeah, he's going to start for the Giants this weekend. So Is he really? Yes. And, and you know, he didn't – I mean, it, it just it just didn't – yeah, everything about that stat got my attention. But they got a running back, guys, and – they have a lot of issues and, and questions with this team, but if Anthony Grant can do that, I mean, they're going to be in a lot of games. Well, and I know, Sybil, we were talking throughout the game, and I, I kept bringing up, hammering home the point that, uh, you know, when that game came down to it, Nebraska finally had its best players make the biggest plays. And I think that's a, a real thing where you yeah. can talk about the scheme, you can talk about the coaching and, um, you know, some of the decisions. When it comes down to it, especially in a matchup like that, when on paper you have superior talent at every position, you need your guys to play like it. And they needed Anthony Grant to step up, take that game over. They needed the offensive line to eventually wear down North Dakota and, and create that kind of leverage in the running game. They needed Trey Palmer to go out and just make a play on a that jump ball play. in a critical situation. Oh God, yeah. uh, look at the defense. You know, Marcus Buford making a, a, Third and 14. a, a pass breakup in the end zone. That was a four-point pass breakup that turned a touchdown into a field goal. So, I mean, those are the types of things that Nebraska needs more of. They finally got to the passer. O'Shawn Mathis finally got to the quarterback. Same thing with Garrett Nelson. And so you look, there's a lot of different spots where the guys you would point to as Nebraska's best playmakers stepped up and made big-time plays. you're so right. And then some new guys like Stephon Wynn kind of emerged a a little bit on Saturday. A lot of questions still at that linebacker spot, though. Inside. Big time. Inside linebacker spot. Because they're going to ride Reimer for 70 snaps a game, and they're going to just try to split it up with Kalarovich and 
uh, Hausman. And Hausman, and I think you could get out of a Mauga Clements in there. We'll get that right one of these times. I think it's a Tiva. We'll just call him Bob. I interviewed him on one of those NIL interviews, and I just said, so do I have to say the whole name? or What's he say? He's like, yeah, it's the whole the whole Tiva Mauga Clements. Now, he only played three snaps, by the way. And I would think I would have thought he would have played more than that. Didn't that he have like two or three tackles on those sne- three snaps too? Yeah. yeah, I was watching. I was like, wow. <laughs> Ernest Hausman played forty. Yeah, that's a situation. I don't know when they'll get Nick Henrich back. Chenander wouldn't go there today. They're not getting him back this week. No. No. I mean, as we've mentioned a, a few times, he has a cast. It's not a wrap on his It's hand. a hard cast. It's not a wrap. It's not a brace. It's so a full-blown cast. when he gets that thing off, is he just going to be able to start gripping Oklahoma Sooners jerseys? Because yeah. middle linebackers got to grab people. Yep. I mean, you don't just... Yeah. arm tackle people well, let's be real he was struggling with his tackling before he broke it whatever happened in there so i mean that's that's something even when he does come back he's got to play better than what he did against northwestern all right and and they have a big game this weekend georgia southern comes in clay helton kyle van Treese, former buffalo quarterback um, we'll delve into that more here uh in the show but i'm intrigued just to see clay helton in here and, and kind of how he has that team ready they look good in their first game obviously it was an fcs win um, but Georgia Southern um, is going to throw the ball around the yard. and uh-huh. they are. It, well, it's going to be a different game for this defense because there's uh-huh. going to be 40, 50 throws in this game. Guys, you know, I was listening to Chenander, and he said something about Clay Helton. He said Clay Helton has mastered the, his offense. All I could think was, okay, well, this is on you then. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is head coach, offensive mind, first defensive coordinator. It can't be a mismatch. That, can't, that X and, X's and O's scheme game, it can't be a mismatch tilted toward Clay Helton or there's trouble. Mm-hmm. Trouble. Right. When we come back, we're going to talk offensive storylines. We'll get more into Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, the offensive line. We'll hit on all that next year. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I mean, I was a lot, I was a lot more comfortable in my second game, just going out there, coming off that the last game. My first game at Nebraska, so it was a lot more comfortable, you know what I'm saying, better for me. Anthony's just, he's probably very, uh, very blessed and thankful to be in this position that he's in. Um, I heard he broke records uh, for the first Nebraska running back to have that many rushing yards in the first two games. And a year ago, he was at Juco. So, I mean, I don't think a lot of guys, right now, we're just trying to focus on the game plan and focus on winning the game each week at a time. But um, there's probably a lot of players in our locker room, including me, that don't know how good you can be yet because you're not looking at the big picture, not trying to look ahead. You're just trying to focus on the moment right now. But Anthony Grant is another one of those players for sure. Anthony Grant is great. You know, he's he's one of them guys that just get along to everybody. He's a hard worker. Whatever you tell him to do, he's going to do it. And he just goes full speed every time. So that's one guy that I'm proud of these past two weeks and can't wait to see what he do throughout the rest of the season. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. A lot of Anthony Grant fans, but as Scott Frost said, Sip, not ready to crown him yet. We have a and we have a tendency in Nebraska to crown a guy too quickly. Um, <laughs> we've seen it over the years, and 
uh, 40 or 50 people are interviewing a guy that's had very little to no impact in the game. Um, <laughs> that, that go, that's an inside joke story. Uh, we were in Wyoming, and oh, God. there was like a group of 20 people interviewing a guy that made one tackle in the game. And yeah. this Wyoming reporter goes, it's weird. The Nebraska media was surrounding this player that had very little to no impact on the game. And, I, think, I think he might have caused a fumble. He, he caused did. a fumble. Yeah. He did. I think he caused a fumble. But I was, I was, I was riding around him. I was there. I was one of them. I was you, running the you, sidebar. You were crowning him. Sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. All right, before we get into Anthony Grant talk, this segment of the show brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. NFL football starts up this weekend. Uh, college football is going on. No better place to go into Tanner's. And simple, you guys will, you won't be there, but the ticket will have some postgame shows there as well. Our, our uh, Lincoln affiliate here of the Husker Online show. Get on into Tanner's 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Um, it is the place to watch football before the game, during the game, after the game. I love the wings. Sipple probably likes the margaritas there. Mm-hmm. Um, and next door neighbors, Tavern 180 has got great steaks. Yes. Okay. Was, am I off base? Was I a little off base, you guys, on that uh, Anthony Grant speed discussion? You think? He, I, I think he's pretty fast. Right? Yeah. He's got breakaway speed. And that's, that's the big difference is, you know, how many times we've seen backs get that, that – opportunity and not be able to finish mm-hmm. i mean getting caught from behind he hasn't gotten caught from behind yet no i didn't think on the northwestern 46 yard touchdown run against northwestern that he, that he was blazing on that run it looked he was like he was laboring a little he did look quicker to me on that memorial stadium turf the other day he did i'm I, a lot of my opinion i think you know, we're just splitting hairs he's a good back he's a he's a really good back and he's got good speed now i don't know if i'm putting a blazer tag on him quite yet no I mean, Blazer, you got to save that for certain players. I mean, he's not there yet, but he he has enough to when he has that opportunity at the second level, there are very few people that are going to catch him. Yeah. Mainly when I think about him, I think of his toughness, number one, his vision, and his ability to maneuver in traffic and see things in traffic. He really His vision in traffic is really good. Well, you can't coach that make the first guy miss move. No, you really can't. I mean, you really can't. You either have that from God or you don't. Yeah. And A.J. Allen, by the way, let's pivot to A.J. Allen. Oh, boy. He's, he's, got, he's got that, too. And, yeah. you know, we've seen this with running backs, and we talked about this after practice Tuesday, Sip. You know, that, that one-cut move, like you typically see it immediately in guys. Mm-hmm. We saw it in Roy Hallou and Burkhead and Abdullah. Mm-hmm. You know, you go down the line, and, and you know right away, typically, if a guy has it, mm-hmm. they don't typically just develop it. Mm-mm. They usually have it, and then they work it from there. Yeah, the, the, you're right. A.J. Allen is really interesting to me because they've shown such a high degree of trust in him. Putting him in at the seven-yard line. No fumbles in the backs either, Heather. Mm-hmm. Against Northwestern, putting A.J. Allen the truth. I was really startled by it. It was, it was a, I mean, that game was close throughout. And it was, the, I was, it was the third quarter, second or third quarter. And they put A.J. Allen in at, the, at their own seven. Now, that mm-hmm. told me a lot. Yeah. And then the other day, I mean, come on, the other day, on the game-clinching touchdown drive to put Nebraska up by two touchdowns, it was it was not Anthony Grant at the end of that drive. The final four carries of that drive were AJ Allen, including a 14-yard run to the to pay dirt. I mean, that was that was fascinating to me. 
he was in at the most critical time, A.J. Allen. Yeah, and it, they, the coaches have all talked about the jump that he's made over the course of this offseason, and clearly that jump has been substantial enough where um, there's very little arguing. He is the clear number two, and there's a pretty significant drop-off after him. Uh, <laughs> Easy on that. Well, I mean, look at this, sure the reps. That, there was only one other running back that got a, even a carry right. in that game, and let alone a, a snap. So, right. uh, I mean, there, that kind of says a lot to where – I mean, obviously, against that type of opponent, I'm pretty sure the plan was to get a lot of guys involved, but they couldn't get those opportunities, and they stuck with their guys. And their guys were Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen. Simple. I'm going to throw these two numbers out at you, and you know, you know what they mean. 124 to 6. Yeah. Those are the number of plays that Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen have played compared to Ramir Johnson and Gabe Urban. Yeah, they have their – 124 team. to 6. Yeah, it looks – I mean, it looks like they have their 1 and 2. It's always – they have their one. It, I'm sure two is somewhat contingent on what practice looks like. If A.J. Right. Allen would falter on Tuesday and Wednesday during a week, you might see more Ramir Johnson or more Gabe Irvin. But I don't know. I, I'll tell you what, A.J. Allen, see what they talked the, the fascinating thing to me is one of the coaches told me that A.J. Allen was their best open field runner. Hmm. Now, A.J. Allen looks pretty good in traffic, too. Doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the he's best a knife. Yes, that was the word you used in the post game yeah. show. That I thought was perfect because yeah. you know he's maybe not necessarily juking everybody, but he's avoiding contact to the point where even after he's getting hit, he's still falling forward yeah. for another four or five yards. Yeah. Are you in the camp of concerned people about Ramir Johnson's oh, playing time? This is a, this is a hot. <laughs> this is an old. Go. This is this is a hot. The floor is yours, old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got beat out. I mean, well, people, it's it's but fascinating to me that people are so into a guy that you know, because the players are playing good at that position. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to say? Okay, we're going to bench Anthony Grant to give. I don't it. know what that I, that discussion is a little odd to me. Well, people did like extensive like. 2,000 word breakdowns on <laughs> Ramir Johnson's position he was playing, and it, it, it hasn't materialized. Well, to be fair, Nebraska kind of created a little bit of that with the wide back. How much the wide back? Yeah, how, how much they 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 brought him up into the forefront? You know, he came up and spoke several times during the course of fall camp um, when a lot of other players didn't do that. Uh, all the coaches just raved about him, how great of a teammate he was, how versatile of a weapon he was, and how. Um, interchangeable he could be in their offense and so expectations were kind of uh, lifted as a result of that yeah. and then all of a sudden the games hit and he's nowhere to be found and fans are like w- what was all that talk about over the last two months right Frost exp- tried to explain it at one point Frost said that Ramir got caught between positions so they're playing him in the slot at times playing him at running back at times and i will tell you when they when they when they said they're doing that plan this summer i thought exactly i my thought was oh well, that's he's better be careful with that because if you're playing two there goes your reps well your reps are gonna i mean if you're devoting time to something something else you're, you're gonna be devoting less time to something else and that's what's happened with him and that probably hurt him all right when we come back well, we're, we're gonna course. we're gonna switch our discussion here to defensive storylines heading into saturday's Georgia Southern game. You're listening to the Oscar Line Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, we're going to do a little more ones versus ones this week. Some ways I feel as a head coach watching, like the defense needs to see those plays being run at the speed that the one offense can give them. And even though we don't get perfect looks on either side and trying to give each other a look, uh, I think it's important to continue to do those things. So we'll do a little more of that. Uh, we weren't able to do much of that last week coming off a trip overseas. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett, Scott Frost there talking, and Stephen Sipple, um, Scott Frost there talking about Nebraska going ones versus ones more this week. Before we delve into defensive storylines, make sure you check our website out, huskeronline.com. We've got a new home on On3, and we've got a great offer for all Nebraska fans. Get one year of Husker Online, all of our great content, video content, message board access, all of it for $1. No strings attached. Check us out, Husker Online. Um, we are growing at a rapid pace. I think much more rapid than any of us could have imagined. It's an exciting time. Check out our website, huskeronline.com. But, guys, do you get into this ones-on-ones discussion? Or was that just, I mean, was that just Frosty trying to, I mean, put something out there to kind of no. get? I mean, it, it was interesting, though, he put that out. That's, that's not really like him to do that. Did he put it out there? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't asked about it. Okay, I don't think it's I don't I don't, I don't know exactly what you're suggesting, Sean, but oh. I, I think it's real. I, I mean, I, I thought against Northwestern, it looked like that Northwestern was offense was like a kind of a shock to Nebraska system, like they weren't quite ready for that speed, those running backs coming at him that hard. It didn't look like it to me. Well, especially when you hear the comments about how they kind of dialed things back. Um, I can't. I don't know if it was Quentin Newsom or, or yeah, one of the players that talked, did. talked about how, you know, that just to keep guys healthy, they kind of toned down the, the live tackling that they did in he practice. Did. He, and, he made mention of and that. And that was an issue for them against Northwestern. I wondered when Newsom said that the week after the Ireland trip. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if he said it to make a point. Now, he said we didn't tackle much in the days leading to the Northwestern game to keep everybody They healthy. weren't even in pads out in Ireland. Mm. Well, I think that's I think it's risky. And Northwestern came in and punched him in the face. They did. Very physical. Very mm-hmm. physical offense. They did punch him in the face. And those those both those running backs, particularly Cam Porter, when he came in the game and ran at Nebraska, I didn't it, it, it didn't look like Nebraska was ready for him. The the other one, um, say his name. Evan Hull. Yeah. He's a, more of a slashing runner, and he's tough enough. 235 pounds. Yeah, or no, 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 no. Oh, he's no. Uh, the other, Porter's 235. Yeah, but he's still yeah. two, 10, 10. two plus. Yeah. And he, he did his own kind of damage. But I thought Porter was the more powerful back, and I thought he caught them a little by surprise. Yeah. That's what I thought. And I would just say the offensive line in general. I mean, they, they were winning the point of attack, and the Nebraska's uh, yeah. defensive line was getting driven back two or three yards in every snap. Okay, I'm going to – and we'll talk more about this later in the show, Big Ten games to watch and okay. topics. But Northwestern, I want to see how they look. And do they play Duke this week? Yes, um, they play Duke. That will, that, that, that's kind of on my radar. Yeah, just to just to see how they look, and mm-hmm. if Holinsky looks really good again, or if he's back to the guy that he was a year oh, ago, it should be on your radar. Um, it should be. So that will be something to watch. Closely. I'm gonna put you. Yeah, I'm gonna put something else weird on your radar. Put Rutgers on your radar. Rutgers went to Boston College. Noah Vedral's hurt. I think Noah Vedral had a chance to be their starter. He's hurt. They played two young guys. Actually, they started a tight end at quarterback for the first play, almost mm-hmm. like Shanna was messing with everybody. 
Johnny Langan, who's a former quarterback, but he's playing tight end now. He played the first play. Did he play of the, tight end against Nebraska yeah, or, or, or a quarterback? Yeah, probably. He played the first play, and then they went with the other two guys. Went to Boston College, unsettled at quarterback, and beat Boston College. And they were down the double digits or ten. They were they down, were down two ten. Pos- two possessions. Two possessions, yeah. It was like an eight or nine number. but And then Rutgers put together a drive, a 12-play drive late to, to, to win the game. 12-play drives – and they, they ran 11 times. Yeah, that game in East Piscataway is going to be rough. Hey, this league is scary. Ugh. I mean, you think it's about – It's not bad at the bottom. There are, I mean, you think about Brett Bielema is recognized as more of a bottom-tier coach in this conference right now. Shiano is recognized as a bottom-tier coach. My, um, Mike Loxley. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there is no bottom. Well, let's put it this way. Northwestern was widely regarded as the worst team in the Big Ten. They were going into that game. Who else would it be? Indiana. They won, by the way. Indiana beat Illinois. Who is the worst team? Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> we don't yeah. have to look very far for that one right now. Drinking margaritas? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's a little early to say Nebraska's the worst team. No, I know. I know. It. I mean, no, you could you could made the case for Indiana. They won. They won. I mean, they came back and beat Illinois. I know. So, I mean... I thought it was Northwestern. All right, let's let's hit on defensive topics here, though. Um, we're sticking on defense here in this segment for Nebraska. I want to talk about Kyle Van Treese, yeah. the, the quarterback um, for um, Buffalo. I said Buffalo, Georgia Southern, and just you know they they have a read on this guy because they played him last year when he played for Buffalo. But you look at Van Treese, and I want to throw this stat out to you guys. Van Treese has had 652 career dropbacks on passes. He's only been sacked ten times in his career mm-hmm. in three full seasons as a starter. So you got to know that going into this game that he gets rid of it. He's not fast either. He's mm-hmm. he, he's just good. Crafty. At, he's crafty. He he gets rid of the ball. So you've got to disrupt this guy in other ways. What I want to see is so Northwestern when they threw the ball early, I think more than any of us expected, mm-hmm. they were doing those three strep drops, mm-hmm. getting the ball out of the hands quickly, and Nebraska's secondary was just sitting back and giving up all of those underneath routes that were just pitch, pitch and catch. I'm curious that if Nebraska is a little bit more physical and does more press man coverage and lets those corners get up on those receivers to help uh, throw off the timing a little bit. Because if they let Van Trees just sit there and go one, two, three, pop, mm-hmm. it's going to be the same result. I don't right. care who you're playing. Right. If you're going to do that, you better tackle downfield well. Because against Northwestern, it isn't like Northwestern tested the corners. Mm-mm. They didn't test the corners deep, nor did North Dakota. Nobody's really – I mean, they, they've had a couple play-action deep plays, but nobody's really just done a traditional man-on-man deep throw. No, the corners for Nebraska are, are good, and they're, they're good enough that they're probably not going to get tested much. It's the middle of the field that's getting tested. The safeties can't – having trouble tackling. And the inside linebackers have trouble covering. Mm-hmm. And th- they're going to work those guys. And, if, and what happened against Northwestern is – you work them shallow, but then they break a tackle, and it turns into it goes from a seven-yard gain to a twenty-four-yard gain, and that you can't have that. You can't be like like Chenander said. They can't. Georgia Southern can't be ahead on the sticks, or it turns into a track meet. Nebraska doesn't want a track meet in here on Saturday night. No, they don't. And you know, along with maybe being a little more aggressive in coverage, I'm curious if they're going to be a little more aggressive with their blitzes, and if yes. they try and dial up some different looks to get some of those. Those instant impact pressures that uh, can fluster Van Trees. My question more. back to you guys, though, is if the edge guys already come on a four-man rush, who are you blitzing? Because do you trust 
I mean, Reimer could be a guy that you blitz, mm-hmm. but do you trust a true freshman to disguise and time a blitz outright? Well, um, Reimer's the answer. Or, or, or um, Gifford. Right. Yeah, I think you could utilize those nickels. Nickel. I mean, think of the damage that JoJo would cause on Kolarovic could blitz too. I think so. Yeah. The question is, how quickly can he get there? But they have not. JoJo been caused a, a lot of problems. They have not been a great blitz team the last few years. Nebraska, like as far as disguising it, mm-hmm. the defense typically kind of recognizes it before the play. Very rarely did you get those clean like JoJo Doman shots oh, from the quarterback. Right now, I mean, JoJo, you're seeing his value, right? I mean, he was a guy that they could call up plays for. Mm-hmm. Like, they could design blitzes because it was JoJo out there. That where They couldn't call if somebody else were on the field. He was that right. type of player. And JoJo was good in coverage mm-hmm. in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. He was good. He was excellent. After yeah. that Northwestern game last year, Pat Fitzgerald ran JoJo down at the end of the game and says, dude, are you done playing here yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> he had been there six years. But, uh, guys, when we come back, uh, we are going to shift the discussion to the mailbag. Abby Barmore will join us. We'll take questions from you next. You're listening to the Husker Online show you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com this is husker online your authority on nebraska athletics uh, yeah, he's he's the happiest guy probably in the world. He always smiles. He has the biggest, goofiest smile on his face, and I hug him and tell him I love him all the time. He's so happy to see me, and I'm happy to see him. But yeah, that guy is incredible at football. Keep doing that. I think we'll be pretty solid. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Garrett Nelson, who had a big strip sack fumble recovery or force fumble in the game Saturday, talking about the play of running back Anthony Grant, who's got a big old smile, as we talked about on our Husker Line post game show. And that's a reminder, a little tease here. Um, you like our show here before the game. We do one after the game now, too. The Husker Online post game oh, show. Yeah. Uh, Robin, Sip, and I will be on. Um, we're shooting for midnight. It may be. And I, I was talking to somebody else, guys, about this um, from Florida State. And he's like, hey, Sean, we, we go on at 1 a.m. Yeah. Like, and he goes, those people will fo- be up. Those shows are fun. So we will be on after the game. Um, if you can't stay up with us, I'll have it on the podcast channel to download Husker Online podcast channel or the YouTube page for the video version. So join us Saturday night, Sunday morning uh, for that. And Abby Barmore now joins us here for the mailbag. Abby, lead us off, please. All right. We got a bunch of questions from Twitter today. So a mm. little different. Our first one leading off. Exciting. So which coaches? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Go, super going. different, right? Yeah, yeah. Very different. Okay. So, which coaches are in the box? Who's on the field? And then, what are your thoughts on how they are using the coaches on the field and in the box? So, Eric Shenander is in the box for defense. I believe he's the only full-time defensive guy up there, and I could be wrong with that. But I can tell you on offense, and this is fascinating to me, guys, there is not one full-time guy up there. No Mark Whipple, no Mickey Joseph, no Riola, no Applewhite. They're all down on the field. So, you've got your GAs and analysts up high in the booth and I don't know if I've ever seen that in football Hmm. usually you have one guy up there in the booth but Whipple wants to be down low well especially with the limitations you have on headset usage like you'd think you'd want someone with an eye on the sky or eye in the sky that can chirp chirp in on the headsets when they see something as opposed to I mean maybe there is 
uh, an analyst with a headset. I don't know how they divvy up those responsibilities, but not having a full-time assistant is unique. And I think that probably goes back to the way that that's how Whipple has always done it. Um, and maybe some of the other guys just prefer being down on the field. Hmm. So I need to look at that, like who goes in that box. I mean, right. We're right there when those well, guys let's do it. We need to, we need to kind of this week stand there and check sign yourself and, that um, get a better roll call of that. I, I, I'm guessing maybe Whipple's sons up there. If I had to guess that could be, isn't some of this, just the nature of the beast now with so many new players and guys on the staff, Communication. maybe just face to face, look in your eye, a communication makes sense in this, in, in these days. But, you know, Nebraska, how many – so what you would say they have a half dozen transfers playing. It's four, four new offensive staff members, a quarterback, offensive coordinator. It's not like these guys – it's not like Casey Thompson or Whipple have been together for three years. Mm-hmm. They've been together for how many months? Five months, six months, whatever it is. Um, so it, a lot of it, I think, comes down You would down think, to that. though, as Whipple being an older guy, if you didn't know anything, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's up in a booth. Mm-hmm. Like you would never think him mm-hmm. as a sideline guy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as the sole play caller um, in that role. Yeah. But he did it that way at Pitt. So, all right, next topic, question, go. There's been a lot of changes in rotation going on during games on the offensive line. For example, Teddy was on the left and the right sides, and Henry Lutovsky was getting a lot of snaps. What are your insights there, and are they still trying to figure out some combinations? All right, no, not really. Um, they do unbalanced sets, and okay. when they go unbalanced, they bring Teddy over on those unbalanced line sets. So they move him from the left to the left right. To the right. They basically add a tackle um, next to Ben Hart, and that's Teddy. And then the rotation has been the same both games. Lutoski comes in for Bando. Uh, for Bando. Yeah, it's like right guard. It's like, right a, guard. it's like a two one, two one type deal. Right. Like Bando might go two and Lutoski goes one. Yeah, and they uh, have utilized an additional offensive lineman at tight end uh, to give that bigger set. Hunter Anthony. Yeah, Hunter Anthony who came in number 91. We kind of had to do a double take on who the heck 91 was, but that is something that Whipple, you're going to see a lot of that. He's been doing it. Said, he said Especially with vocal lookout. Since 1988, yeah. And so with the issues they have at tight end, I think you'll see a lot of more of those bigger line sets with additional linemen. He's been doing it since 1988. Man. All right, what's next? Looking at PFF grades, it seems that the interior defensive line has struggled mightily, obviously. Um, is that... Was that obviously your yeah. commentary, Abby, or was that Abby, part of the... Abby, thrown in commentary? Yeah, I am. There was a You're just supposed to read the question. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Editorializing. Okay. Don't, don't put her... Abby's so. going to get her own show here now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, tune in next week for my own show, <laughs> my own section. Um, so is this an experience issue or an individual player issue? I think Ty Robinson would be the first to tell you that he hasn't played his best football. I think, Col- I think Colton Feast has had up and down moments. Um, when they kept his snap counts down last week, I felt he played better. Um, in Ireland, he didn't make much of an impact at 60-some snaps. The key to me, Stefan Wynn, Devin Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't. I noticed a difference when those two came in. There seemed to be a little bit more punch from that interior line, probably because they were they were fresher. Uh, but I, I thought that they took a step forward, which was important to see, just because of how poor that defensive line looked in the opener, especially late. To have those guys elevate their games is going to do wonders. And um, you know, I think Stefan Wynn in particular, you know, he played twenty snaps in that uh, game against Northwestern. He took a big step forward, not only in his 
time on the field, but his impact that he made in his in the reps that he got. Well, and he, pound, he pounced on a fumble, which was gigantic. Now, Robinson explained yesterday, Ty, uh, explained yesterday ki- kind of his issues. It was a little technical, but one part wasn't all that technical. He just says he gets too high, and he, you know, he gets pushed around when he gets high. He's taller. I'd say 6'4", six, 6'5", six, maybe 6'6", six, six, and He's got to watch those sort of guys. Got got to be mindful of their more mindful of their leverage, and he does. He's not been. He hasn't made an impact. You expect him to. He's had chances and yeah. missed. How many stop tackles has he had this year, Robin? I haven't checked, but I know that I have not very limited. Uh, yeah, it's I don't the, think any. A stop tackle is when the defensive player wins the down mm-hmm. with a play. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Like, I haven't seen him do that. You know, like if you tackle a guy for a one yard gain, that's a stop tackle. They're you counting know? on him heavily, and he's not made a lot of those impactful. I, I don't. I hate to pick on him, but he did. Like Rob said yesterday, Monday, Monday, he told the media he hasn't played well. He doesn't feel like he's played well in the two games with leverage too. He said he's also stepping laterally. Yeah, he that needs was to the... be stepping vertically right off the ball. He says mm-hmm. his his problem is he instinctively steps off to the side and lets the offensive line fire into him where he needs to be more on the attack. So obviously, there's some fundamental things that he can maybe incorporate to, to try to improve his, his overall play. All right, Abby, we have time for two more. What former Husker player does Anthony Grant remind you of? Ooh, I don't like doing this. And let's not <laughs> let's not say Ramir, because we're all going to say Amir Abdullah. I, I'm not going to say that. Well, what are you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> Brandon uh, Jackson. He's This guy's a little unique. I, he's It's hard to... Those jump cuts. Yeah, now that's Amir. Amir was a jump cut king, right? Was is there any better? Is there anybody better at jump cuts than Amir that you've seen at Nebraska? I have not seen a better jump. No, cutter. not not better than Amir. Yeah, Corey Ross had a little bit of uh, that to him. How about this? I mean, when he the way Anthony Grant gets to the sticks reminds me of Rex. He got to the st- where he made a big impression on me was early on against Northwestern when he got those two third and shorts. He fought to get to the stick. And there was and I, nothing there. No. And I, I mean, that, that showed you. That showed me a lot right there. I don't know that he – I don't know who we – I'd have to think about you that. You wouldn't go Halou, would you? No. It doesn't remind me of Halou at all. The way that he pulls away, though, is what yeah. gets my attention. A lot of times – He's not real fast, though. Grant? No. He, he pulls away, though. Yeah. He's not real fast. He's one of those guys, when he gets the angle, he's gone. Pretty fast. He's done it twice now. <laughs> Pretty fast. Not a blazer. All right, final question, Abby. I could be wrong on that. I don't look at him as a blazer. He's got good functional speed. Final question. He can get there. Okay, Rob McCartney wants to know. Rob McCartney? Yeah. The Rob McCartney. Proud listener of the show. Wow. Uh, What was your favorite pub in Dublin, and was he there? Well, this is for (laughs) Sean and Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Where's favorite pub was the hotel restaurant um, in the basement? It wasn't really a pub, but that was it the first or the second night? Uh, second night. We had a really good time at that kill. I don't even know what the name. They're all the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> but but Buskers <laughs> a lot of fun. I will say Soul Seafood, and I had a lot of people. We recommended it. I did because you guys weren't on the show yet right. uh, to go to Soul Seafood. That went and said, "Oh my gosh, thank you." That seafood tower that Greg and I yeah. tackled. 
And I didn't even know like sole S O L E is a fish. I didn't know that. Oh, and I, I didn't that's, either. That's the fish that I got. It's like just a, a white fish. They cooked it with like butter and garlic, and oh. it was the most fantastic piece of fish I've ever. And they had. came oh, in like a big go. presentation. Yeah, no. they they no, I was there. Fillet it okay. right there at the yeah. table. It was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I had I had sea bass, and it was really good. And you had mussels with us. Yeah, mussels were good, and my margarita was fantastic. They make a m- fantastic margarita. <laughs> Smoke. I don't think I've found a place where you haven't liked the margarita. Smoky margarita. <laughs> okay. Well, Abby, uh, thank you very much. I know you got been busy with volleyball. Looking forward to following your coverage here at the Husker Volleyball Program as well. Thank you. I'm very excited to get into it. All right. Much more to come. We're going to talk Big Ten games oh. next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Beef jerky You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Stuck in life. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Running backs make O-lines look better, and O-lines make running backs look better. And sometimes receivers and quarterbacks are part of that, too. You know, the, the first half we gave up two sacks, and that was all we gave up. But that two is too many. Uh, I thought one of the par- promising things to see was, was to see us control the ball when we needed to at the end of the game and just be able to run it. Uh, but that has that's a team effort, not uh, one person or one unit. Final segment here of the Husker Line Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. Uh, Steve Sipple talking uh, Big Ten here, guys, and I want to just go through week one, Big Ten, and then we'll hit into week two here. Um, but you had Maryland over Buffalo, nice win, 31-10. Michigan State 51-7 to uh, over Colorado State. Not a good debut for Jay Norvell. That's Michigan. That's Michigan. Uh, Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cade McNamara, only 136 yards passing. Blake Horm, only 76 yards rushing, still put up 51 points. Special teams, field position, defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rutgers with one of the better wins, I thought, of the league, you know, considering the context of it. They beat Boston College on the road 22-21. Then one of the uglier games, not only in the conference, but the country. Iowa beat South Dakota State 7-3. Two safeties and a field goal got their seven. No offensive points. The temperature's up on Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz and that offense and the way they played week one, and we'll hit on that here in a second. We'll hit on nepotism in a second. Wisconsin beat <laughs> Illinois State 38-0. Ohio State, with the win of the weekend for the whole country, beats Notre Dame 21-10. And that, was a, that was a close game. They were down, um, and Notre Dame played them very tough in the horseshoe. Uh, Michigan State, 35-13 over Western Michigan. Indiana uh, got a nice win over Illinois, Mm -hmm. who was playing on a short week after playing week zero, which you wonder who made the scheduling for them. They played week zero, and then they played on a short week. Um, So Illinois had two games played before anyone maybe played one in college football. Mm -hmm. Um, Penn State got a great Friday night win, 35-31. Sean Clifford back for his 17th year as the quarterback. uh, Led them down to a winning drive. Um, Minnesota, who just somehow always has the easiest schedule of everybody, um, they beat New Mexico State, led by former Gopher head coach Jerry Kill, thirty-eight um, nothing. So that that is your uh, your opening games here of the weekend here for Big Ten. Let's hit on Iowa first. Yeah, I mean, I I, guess I didn't watch much of it because uh, it wasn't we're, on we're in covered. the press box, and uh, for whatever reason we weren't getting FS1, so uh, I had to kind of just follow along with it. 
on Twitter, but it seemed like the overall level of offensive ineptitude was staggering even for Iowa standards, who, who set the bar pretty about as low as you can get as far as Power 5 offenses are concerned. Uh, it seemed like they hit a new level uh, with, with how bad they were. And <laughs> to score seven points without a, without a touchdown uh, is, is pretty remarkable. I, I don't care who you are. Against South Dakota State. Now, they stuck with Petrus, too. Spencer Petrus. I've never been a fan of Petrus. I always say that. I get that. I. It's surprising they didn't put in Alex Padilla. Why? I, I don't well, know why. I mean, go back to last year. Padilla was in against Nebraska, and Nebraska built that huge lead on him, and then they went back to Petrus. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so there's a lot of people saying, why is Bryant Ferentz the offensive coordinator? What is the deal? They weren't very good last year on offense. Now they start. They start off with a game where I'm on the sideline before the game. Now we were down there. Before the Nebraska game, Iowa had started, obviously. Iowa started at 11 o'clock. Nebraska's at a 2.30 game. So we were on the sideline before the game, and I, I looked at Mitch Sherman. I had no idea what the deal was in Iowa. So I said, hey, what's, have you heard an Iowa score? And he said, yeah, it's 5-3. 5-3. 5-3. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what Iowa fans are saying right now. Well, I can't. You know what? I can't imagine. Actually, it's not very good. No, I mean, you. I, I was looking over some of the replies for our our Iowa media uh, colleagues, and they were not good. Uh, and Brian Ferentz was the uh, target of a lot of criticism. This so it's not just people that uh, outside of the the Iowa fan base that that think it was a a weird choice by Kirk to go with that route on offense. I think that the Iowa fan base themselves are pretty fed up with the lack of results especially after that one this reminds me a lot of miami when mark rick was there and his son was an assistant mm. coach and there was an outcry to like make a move on his son and then rick just says i'm done i'm retiring yeah you know like that that's a very tough spot because kirk ferentz is not gonna push out his son oh, you wouldn't think so and and brian <clears throat> is not lacking confidence he's a pretty mm -hmm. confident guy him and shenander are like the same they're on the same team together they, they go back to when they put that's it. Yeah, that, that's we'll be watching that one closely. How they come out. Um, I thought Indiana's win over Illinois, and then you know that that was that was an impressive win for those guys. Nebraska will see Indiana um, here in Lincoln in a few weeks. Tom Allen's back to calling the plays on defense for Indiana, mm -hmm. and that looked good. It did. Hey, they look good on defense. I would say after the Rutgers went over Boston College, that for me was the most. I mean, Ohio State Notre Dame aside, the most impressive win. Of the Big Ten, now, just given what Indiana was last year, they Two were a ten. disaster. Two and ten, and there were so many questions about what this team was going to be. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember doing our uh, spring uh, opponent recaps, mm -hmm. and they shut down all media access. There was nothing coming out of spring ball, nothing coming out of fall camp, so no one had any idea what what they were doing. And mm. um, you know, it, it was a grind. You know, they had to hold off and, and win that thing in the final minutes, but. To get a win in conference play right out of the gates after the season they had the year before, I think that says a lot about the job Tom Allen's done. Mm -hmm. All right, going through the games this week, Arkansas State at Ohio State. We talked about Duke Northwestern early in the show. We'll, we'll be watching that one close. It's an 11 a.m. game on FS1, so don't watch it in the press box. They don't have FS1 evidently <laughs> yeah. figured we'll out right now. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll catch that, obviously. Ohio um, will be at Penn State. Is um, Tim Albin the head coach of Ohio, or do they have a different coach? Unclear. Um, and then Western Illinois, Minnesota continues their stellar non-con schedule. Western Illinois will be in Minneapolis. Maryland's at Charlotte. That's interesting to me that Maryland's playing at Charlotte. Mm -hmm. uh, probably a recruiting thing. Well, um, you know, get down there and get a presence in North Carolina. Washington State at Wisconsin, 2.30 on Fox. Pretty light schedule so far. Um, Akron at Michigan State. Indiana State at Purdue. 
Iowa State at Iowa. There you go. And that's not big noon kickoff. BTN got this game. Mm. Uh, BTN gets a couple prime picks. Mm -hmm. Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, Mm -hmm. Iowa are are some of their prime picks this year. Virginia, Illinois, another one, a sneaky good one. That's in Champaign. That's pretty good. Uh, Wagner at Rutgers. (laughs) Georgia Southern, Nebraska. Hawaii at Michigan. By the way, Michigan's non-con schedule, I believe it's Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. That's, That's exactly right. That's 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 light, but their schedule, their Big Ten schedule is tough. It'd be a good basketball schedule. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I mean, their, their Big Ten schedule, by the way, isn't, isn't that tough. I just think they're guaranteed to win ten. Michigan. That, I mean, that's a. If you can get three, you know, out of the non-conference, you're set up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll let you know they're fifty-one and a half point favorites in huh. that game. So the the largest spread of any Big Ten team this weekend. Sheeman at Christmas. Now they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna start JJ McCarthy in that game after they started Cade McNamara in the first game at quarterback. Now they're gonna start JJ McCarthy and see where it goes from there. It's how Frost should have done the Jebbia Martinez thing uh, back in two thousand eighteen. Well yeah. Or split up I me mean, something. Because at that point remember Jebby just left. I, I think he knew if he named a guy and it wasn't McCarthy, um, or McCarthy was going to leave. You think so? Well, now the transfer portal, it doesn't really matter because yeah, you have to wait now. So maybe that will prevent some of this early midseason Which transferring. Which it needs to. I mean, I think they, the, they, they What are you talking about? That, that what? The, oh, it, there's it, a date now applied to the transfer yeah, portal. Yeah, like Greg, remember Greg Bell. I mean, like. Just left camp. Once Ozigbo had his good game against Purdue, <laughs> he just left. Mm-hmm. And then. Tried to go to Oregon State and they put a block. That was when you could still put a block, and they put mm. a block on Oregon State, mm. and he ended up going to San Diego State. Yeah. Anyway, that's interesting what Harbaugh is doing. McNamara was the guy last year. I mean, he led him to a twelve and two record. Put him led in Michigan. Yeah, led, led Michigan to a twelve and two record. Now, now they both had really good off seasons, according to Harbaugh, and they're even. So now you're going to play one one game, one the next, and then go from there. Well, they have a schedule that allows it too. Mm-hmm. Here's another wrinkle we got to keep an eye on as far as this week's Big Ten slate is that Iowa-Iowa State game. Not just because it's maybe the best matchup of the week, but uh, Matt Campbell at Iowa State has never beaten Iowa. And there might be some people around here that are going to be interested in what Matt Campbell does this season uh, for for what may lie ahead here in a few months. Mm -hmm. And not being able to ever beat Iowa could be oh, uh, yeah, an not... issue in the in a in an eventual hypothetical discussion. It, sure, it could be an issue. In seven and six last year is an issue. Mm-hmm. Campbell was seven and six with, with the, Brees Hall, with Brees Hall and Purdy at quarterback, mm-hmm. both Rock on NFL rosters. Yeah, yeah, he didn't capitalize on that team. Uh, that hey, by the way, Iowa State, Iowa is fascinating this week. That's it is for a lot of reasons. Indiana has Idaho and Western Kentucky the next two weeks. They'll be three and zero. Then they go to Cincinnati before they come to Nebraska. So keep your eyes on the Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. They're going to be three and one, maybe four and zero. Oh. You never know. I mean, Cincinnati might be a step down this year. So that opening Big Ten game for Nebraska here in Lincoln, um, the home opener for Big Ten play, that will be something to watch. But uh, lots to keep up on. Make sure you're on Husker Online. We'll have plenty of post game coverage. Remember, we have our post game live show. We're shooting for about midnight. Um, so come on, have your post game cocktail with Sip, Robin, and I. Uh, we'll break down the game for you as well on the Husker Online YouTube channel or on Husker Online. We'll put it on the podcast channel later on as well. Check us out. One year, one dollar. Go on to HuskerOnline.com. We've got a great deal for all Nebraska fans. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.